It's Wednesday, April the 6th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Zelensky tells the UN Butcher is just the start, and EU plan to ban Russian coal. First, the world in brief. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, told the UN Security Council that war crimes carried out by Russia in Bucha, where 300 civilians are thought to have been killed, are being repeated elsewhere. Mr Zelensky asked for Russia to be removed from the council, saying that its presence, quote, undermines the architecture of global security. America has called for Russia to be suspended. Russia's representative at the UN denied that the country's forces were responsible for the horrifying scenes and accused the Ukrainian government of being, quote, Nazis. The European Commission proposed a ban on imports of Russian coal as part of a new round of sanctions provoked by the perpetration of those crimes. The measure must be approved by all 27 EU members. Russian gas, a vital fuel for several European countries, will not be included. America is reportedly considering imposing sanctions on Sparebank, Russia's largest bank, and Vladimir Putin's two daughters. China's ambassador to the UN said that the reports and images showing civilian deaths in Butcher are, quote, very disturbing, the strongest statement the country has made on the war so far. However, he added that any accusations should be based on facts, hinting at Russia's baseless assertions that the allegations are a hoax. India's envoy to the UN also condemned the killings and called for an independent investigation. America said it will provide an additional $100 million in military assistance to Ukraine. It will go towards strengthening Ukraine's anti-armor systems. America has pledged $1.7 billion worth of military hardware since the war began. Earlier, the Defense Secretary said that American armed forces were also training Ukrainians to use some of the weapons they have been given to repel Russia's attack. Other news Late on Tuesday night, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, Sri Lanka's president, revoked the state of emergency that he issued on April 1st after his ruling coalition lost its majority in Parliament. Dozens of lawmakers walked out over the government's handling of the country's economic crisis and its subsequent crackdown on protests. Sri Lanka has burned through its foreign exchange reserves, impeding imports of food and fuel. Chinese officials extended Shanghai's lockdown to cover the entire city, confining 25 million people to their homes as cases of COVID-19 continued to rise. The government has not said when the lockdown would be lifted. Gunmen killed 15 Nigerian soldiers and wounded many more in an attack on an army base in Kaduna, a northern state. An army official said the gang launched grenades from motorbikes. A Federal Reserve official said America's central bank would rapidly reduce its $9 trillion balance sheet, a result of the Fed's purchase of government bonds during the pandemic, as early as May in order to tame inflation. Markets fell at the news. 
JetBlue Airways, America's sixth largest passenger airline, said it has made a $3.6 billion bid to acquire Spirit Airlines, a budget carrier. And fact of the day. 300. The number of corpses police say were buried in a makeshift grave in Butcher, a suburb of Kiev. And now here's today's agenda. More NATO, more quickly. NATO foreign ministers meet in Brussels on Wednesday with three main objectives. First, given the grim evidence of Russian atrocities, they must redouble their efforts to strengthen the Ukrainian army in the time between Russia's withdrawal from around Kyiv and its expected onslaught in the Donbass region in eastern Ukraine. Many weapons have been sent, perhaps including tanks, but there is no clear sign yet of the planes and long-range anti-aircraft systems for which Ukraine has pleaded. Second, the ministers are preparing for a summit in June, when NATO will publish its new, quote, strategic concept. That document, which sets out the alliance's purpose and objectives, is now being hastily rewritten. Third, they want to smooth the way for Finland and Sweden to join the alliance quickly, should they choose to do so. Finland, which shares a 1,300-kilometre border with Russia, may soon abandon its last vestiges of neutrality. Sweden seems more ambivalent. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, may claim he wants to push NATO away from his borders. But his war has had the opposite effect. The Fed prepares to shrink its assets. The Federal Reserve is arguably the world's most important investor. In a little over two years, America's central bank has more than doubled its balance sheet to nearly $9 trillion, helping to propel the economy through the pandemic. On Wednesday, the Fed is expected to outline plans for shrinking those assets. The bank hopes that this, quote, quantitative tightening, coupled with interest rate rises, will help it rein in high inflation without damaging the economy. That will not be easy. Stingier monetary policy always stymies growth. And central bankers admit that they do not really know how quantitative tightening works, since it is a relatively novel part of their toolkits. The Fed is likely to lay out monthly limits on the pace of its asset reduction, hoping to make the process as predictable as possible. But for global markets already unsettled by risks from snarled supply chains to the war in Ukraine, it will be one more big source of uncertainty. Big Oil Before Congress The bosses of big oil companies are, quote, lining their pockets with one hand while sitting on the other. So declared senior Democratic congressmen last week, as they demanded that the leaders of America's fossil fuel giants appear before Congress to explain the recent rise in petrol prices. Never mind that war in Ukraine and sanctions on Russia, a big oil exporter, have upended global energy markets. Forget too that underinvestment in oil production, thanks to pressure from green investors and progressive politicians to dump oil company shares, has also contributed to higher prices. So do not expect an impartial hearing 
when executives from Chevron, ExxonMobil and other big firms testify at the Energy and Commerce Committee of the House of Representatives on Wednesday. Republican politicians will respond to Democratic claims of price gouging by bashing President Joe Biden's energy strategy as overregulated, climate-obsessed and incompetent. In an election year, political theatre always trumps reasoned debate. Peace Talks for Nagorno-Karabakh Nikol Pashinyan, Armenia's Prime Minister, and Iham Aliyev, Azerbaijan's President, meet in Brussels on Wednesday. Recent violence in Nagorno-Karabakh, an Armenian-majority enclave in Azerbaijan, will dominate the agenda. During a bloody war in 2020, Azerbaijan won control of parts of the province previously held by ethnic Armenian separatists. A ceasefire imposed by Russia has recently come under strain. In late March, three Armenian soldiers were killed in fighting with Azerbaijani troops. Armenia has accused Azerbaijan of cutting off gas supplies to the region. It also fears its neighbour may take advantage of Russia's invasion of Ukraine to mount another offensive in Karabakh. Mr Pashinyan thus hopes the meeting in Brussels, hosted by Charles Michel, President of the European Council, will be the first step towards a peace treaty. But to get one, along with the security guarantees for Armenians in the region that he seeks, he may have to relinquish Armenian claims to Karabakh altogether. Jimmy Savile's Rotten Legacy Eleven years ago, Britain mourned the death of a beloved television personality. Hundreds lined the streets of Leeds to pay their respects as the funeral cortege drove by. Prince Charles said he was, quote, saddened by the news. But within months, the horrifying truth of Jimmy Savile's life began to emerge. A Netflix documentary released on Wednesday looks closer. Jimmy Savile, a British horror story, explains how the presenter used his power to sexually abuse hundreds of children. Police identified the decade from 1966, when Savile's career at the BBC was taking off, as the, quote, peak period of abuse. The documentary asks how the truth stayed hidden. As a national treasure known for his energetic charity fundraising, Savile was untouchable. Later this year, the BBC, heavily criticised for its role in protecting him, will release a drama on Savile, with Steve Coogan in the starring role. Both programmes will make uncomfortable but important viewing. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which actress directed Passing, a critically acclaimed movie of 2021 starring Ruth Nager? Tuesday. 
What was the original British term for chaff? The metal strips thrown out of aircraft to confuse enemy radar. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Isaac Asimov, who died on this day in 1992. In life, unlike chess, the game continues after checkmate. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 